0: Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio Quality Living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray, holistic physician. Thank you for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. That is 88.9 FM, WQCS, National Public Radio, NPR. And we're available via um, Apple iTunes, podcasting. Just search Maximum Health. We'll come right up. And also Public Radio Exchange, syndicate us, love us, we love you, and we have new guests every week. Today we have one uh, hailing from Maui, Hawaii, Mr. Campbell Farrell. Good morning, sir. Good morning. So it's about uh, six hours behind, so right now we're recording at 10, which makes it about 4 a.m. there. And that is sincere dedication. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, Now, we air at 7 p.m., so the listeners are like, what the heck? Confusing me. But no, we don't want to confuse you. We're just letting you know that we have someone on the line that really is dedicated to his cause and wants to get the word out, and we are so happy that you are joining us, listeners. Um, podcasters, and um, this is really a show about the dire need to clean the ocean, but those that are doing their job and getting people together and doing mass, making massive impact on cleaning the oceans, and, and uh, mainly from plastic debris, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah,
0: I like to focus on uh, plastic debris that's coming in from the open sea.
1: Yep. And so you're based in Maui, but this is spreading past that. Uh, And you're originally just, everybody's probably gathering now, wait, he doesn't sound Hawaiian, he sounds, you know, (laughs) from another place. I'm I'm originally from New Zealand. I actually came
0: up here to Maui when I was about 22 years old, Uh, actually 20 years old in um, 1992, so I've lived here pretty much ever since.
1: Okay. And uh, you're, now, so how did you, before Love the Sea, which is your organization, You've, done, you've been doing other ocean-based cleanups and environmental uh, efforts on our behalf. And when I say our behalf, I mean the whole planet. Uh, so tell us how you got into this and really where your passion stems from.
0: I live and do a lot. Um, I had a friend that I worked with back in the, in the early 90s here in Maui that returned to New Zealand. And he built uh, some technology that was um, basically shipping pellets made out of mixed forms of recycled plastic. Uh, he was trying to uh, make an effort to to make use of uh, plastic bags, will use plastic bags. And he invited me to help uh, expand his business across the Pacific into Australia, and uh, across the Tasman Sea. And um, that work that I did, helping range industries expand their business, was the first work I ever did being part of a business that You know, had an environmental sort of uh, upside to it. Mm. And uh, later, later on, um, I was invited to be part of a music festival that had a positive message, uh, and uh, I got involved in that. It it originally was about uh, the new alternative energy. And um, and while working uh, with those guys, um, I found it very difficult speaking into things that I didn't really understand, like gasification and TV and all the different types of uh, alternative energies, um, but I was very comfortable talking about the simple fact that our beaches are getting loaded with plastic, and and um, and so I encourage the guys to change the cause and uh, and keep it something more simple that the average Joe could could immediately be part of, of having some impact on on this environmental
1: issue. Mm-hmm. That that's something uh, we touched on. I, I know that's you know, and it's really we we really talked about it for a while. When we first met, and um, that is the fact that your general public, the science of it, the the vastness of it, the in-depth, you know, scientific nature, and all of uh, that—it really—it's far from us. It's not something we can really take it to heart and become passionate about when you get to something we can do, which is picking up trash (laughs) that we're, you know, uh, most of us are putting down and that that's going to make an impact. That's one thing we can sink our teeth into literally or our hands. maybe. Yeah, that's right.
0: And it's about, um, you know, empowering people, um, so that they can feel like they're part of the solution. And when I was speaking into the ideas of alternative energy, well, I believe in it wholeheartedly, um, I didn't feel like I as an individual could just race, rush out and buy an electric car. I, I looked at them so that that's super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I rented a home and, and I wasn't able to put straight of a tax on the roof. Um, that was that was the homeowner's choice and and I felt like it was a very sort of um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, kind of elitist uh, uh, thing to get to get into and 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 expect everyone else to get on board. Whereas you know, and if I was to be preaching that and saying, hey, come on, do this, do that, and everyone's like, well, I'd like to, but I can't. So, you know, um, that sort of felt like I wasn't connecting with people, but if you bring it back to something very basic, and we're trying to enrol as many people to care about the environment as possible. Now, some people can expand on the simple thing like keeping plastic off the beach or doing plastic waste diversion at home, saying no to plastic stores. They can expand on that, and they could, you know, vote on all sorts of different um, uh, legislative change on different subjects that involve the environment, climate change, and things like that. They could go and get an electric car. They could be, you know, an extreme environmentalist, or they can keep it really simple and show up to a beach clean up and they know they're a straw, but at least they feel like from the beginning they can participate and do their part. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that we need to get as many people on board just caring for the planet full stop. Just
1: right. connecting. and yeah. uh, Or reconnecting, I should say. You know, there's there's been so many um, thoughts on this environmental situation and global warming and everything, and like you said, so much of it is feels untouchable or, or far away from us, and obviously there are those that feel like Oh, you know, this is easy to understand. It's right there. These are the facts, but it's not about an argument. It's not about proving anything. It's about connecting and realizing that there are things we can do. There's video. If you look at the bottom of the ocean, there's tons of video now that that show us what the bottom of the Mediterranean Ocean looks like, what the the oceans off of both our coasts east and west look like, the Atlantic, Pacific, there's trash. <laughs> tons of it. And and we need to do something about that cuz that's now starting to filter into all sorts of things, our our sea life, which then affects our food chain, which affects the inshore, which affects, I mean, it just continues to ripple. So those things which we thought, uh, you know, we're not going to have to deal with this. We have to deal with now, and it's a massive epidemic. And so we can use that word because it's a global, it's a global epidemic and it's not something we can close our eyes to. So I love that you're you went from Ocean Aid, you know, which is self-explanatory. It's a, it's a it's a festival that is bringing aid to the oceans. And then you created Love the Sea.
0: <laughs> I mean, and it kind of happened in a backwards way. You know, yeah. so we were producing Ocean Aid in a public venue, yeah. and uh, last, you know, when I say last minute, I mean in some of the the last few weeks leading up to the event, we were advised uh, you need to be a five hundred one c three to take this uh, public venue. Um, and, and hold a, a fundraising-type public event. right? And um, and so, you know, I just created relationships with Surfrider and Sustainable Coastlines for what you all like fund. I felt it was too early in relationships to put that liability on those non So we, you know, uh, discovered a way to fast-track getting getting a 501 c 3 and we did it, and, um, and were able to take that lease. And that was the start of, of Love the Sea. But since the event, you know, we really started to realise just how much you know Love to Sea really is the tip of the spearhead here. for Ocean Aid. Ocean Aid is, is just a, a festival campaign of Love to Sea, and um, and you know, in, in time since the event, we've, we've got involved in a few other different projects as well. So mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, it's been a, it's been something that's just unfolded and grown uh, sort of organically from you know
1: from the start. Right. And I do see, you know, based upon at least your history of events that I've come across uh, in my research, I, I love that they—they're from stand-up paddleboarding to ocean cleanups to, you know, music orientated events. It's—it's it's really you're spanning the globe of entertainment of involvement to deal with a global pandemic, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you have you have things that how to survive the plastic pollution pandemic to, you know, World Ocean Day, you had a cleanup for that, you had um, sustainable coastlines, Hawaii, Maui cleanup, Uh, you have all all sorts of things that involve family and music and, and ways to, again, reconnect people. And so Love the Sea is really teaching people how to fall back in love with the sea and understand that it's part of our organism, you know, the organism of the planet as well as us as organisms, and we're interdependent.
0: Yeah. I think, think, you know, introducing people to ideas in a fun environment just helped it uh, be be better received. Um, And and I think it it happened that that's what we've ended up doing, you know, Um, and uh, it seems to be working. We seem to be getting a good response. But, you know, it's not just about, um, you know, spreading the word about the issue. I think a lot of people understand that the plastic is a problem. It's also giving people uh, a place to, like I said, be, uh, be part of the solution. They want to know how to help. And um, and it really does, as uh, it, Sustainable coastline, one of their statements is clean beds just start at home.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so, absolutely. Just, you
0: know, delivering the simple message like that um, and, and, and sort of opening people's minds to what they can do at home uh, as a consumer or uh or just you know picking up a few pieces of places if they walk the beach yeah, yeah. little bit counts and I, um,
1: if every one person and this is what i teach my kids from the moment they could walk and, and understand you know uh, words and we go to the beach even if you know just the path in front of you if you see something that doesn't belong there pick it up you know obviously yeah. if it's uh, mm. sharps or <laughs> thank god we haven't come across you know what you would and say You know, when I was growing up at Jones Beach, New York or (laughs) Rockaway Beach, you could find pretty dangerous things that you don't want to touch. But uh, at our beaches on the East Coast here in Jupiter, um, you know, it's more like foam and plastic, you know, cups and bottles and foam, you know, pieces and things that just you just don't want in the sand or the ocean and that should not be there, should never have been left there. Plastic bags, those sort of things. So we always have that you know, and, and I'm a, in a household of eight, right? So if just right. my household is picking up everything in our path every time we go to the beach, that's a bunch of things that are, you know, not gonna end up inside of a turtle's belly or, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so that that mentality, just that alone is something we can all, again, take part in and, and take part in loving the sea, as, as you so you know aptly put it with your organization. Um, the When you have done these massive cleanups And organized them Do you have some numbers offhand that you can share with us In terms of pounds You know That sure. you're dealing with
0: Yeah like um, the, the last cleanup We did about three and a half weeks ago um, We targeted The coastline uh, Here in Maui That's actually a pretty famous coastline That has the, the wave piahi uh, Or some otherwise known as jaws mm-hmm. That is seen on this Hamakua coastline. And um, I call it the hard-to-reach beach cleanup because a lot of, you know, current events that are happening, cleanups and so on, are happening at their easy-to-pull-in with your car and family and set up a tent and wander up and down the beach a mile or so either direction and, and, and fill up little small sacks and microplastics and whatever has blown in over the last month. Um and that's all good, and that work has to keep happening, and it is happening month to month. And most of those monthly cleanups, you know, we will get anywhere from 400 pounds guaranteed up to 2,000 pounds. It just depends if we get 30 people or 80 people that show up mm-hmm. to this cleanup. Um, and, and bear in mind that, that where the cleanups really tend to the cleanup, we call it a hot spot. So in Hawaii, we have pretty consistent winds mm-hmm. uh, in current and of course, you know, the geographical landscape is consistent. So there's areas that just capture perfectly the uh, the plastic, and it's, it's as though the ocean's like is just throwing up what it it, it can't hold, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just gets it gets tossed up onto our high tide mark, um, and, uh, and and we go down and pick it up. So this last cleanup that we did, which is the hard to reach first hard to reach beach cleanup, uh, we Organized uh, 30 people we had 5 jet skis and 2 boats and we all launched from a safe harbour which traveled 10 miles up the coast um, and at 8.30 in the morning we put our first team ashore and then we moved up that shoreline for 8 miles and we just kept dropping like little frog teams of 2 or 3 people on the shoreline within 4 hours we had cleaned up 35 super sacks. We worked with Parley who provided these super sacks. Ultimately, at the end, we had uh, 12.30 uh, in the afternoon, so four hours of cleaning. We had a helicopter come through and sling those super sacks back up to the cliffs at Piaji and uh, and we removed 8,000 pounds
1: of plastic. Mm. Wow. That's, That's just one beach and that's just one outing. And how many hours? How many
0: hours? Well, essentially 25 people picking because there was at least five people at all times manning the vessels that that buried the people. There was a couple that anchored here and there and, and at times jumped ashore and swam ashore. But it was about 25 people cleaning for four hours. And then they had to have their bags set out, you know, far from the cliff as possible, tied off, ready to go. And then the chopper came through. With a, with a big hook on the bottom of a 7 foot cable, and everyone had to be there to hook that hook that bag up and sling it um, back up to the cliffs because it's just simply too rough uh, and too laborious and, and dangerous to float those bags off the shore. And um, yeah, so four hours cleaning by 25 people, one hour of slinging with a helicopter, and 8,000 pounds of plastic was removed.
1: So that's about four tons, which is Huge,
0: Four metric tons, it's huge, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, that that's overwhelming to know that that's just that. And that's, you know, we're not even talking about the fact that there's plastic islands out there, you know, choking the ocean, choking sea life. I mean, they've come up with some inventions I think they've tried, which I've seen some newsreels on, some, you know, social media posts, and even those big machines... Trying to clean up these some portions of these plastic islands sitting out in the middle of the ocean have broken, you know. So
0: yeah, my, they've, they've they've broken. They've gone back to the drawing board or to the design yeah. center and they've
1: reengineered.
0: And and um and recently, I actually just got some information that those guys are back at the and, and back at it. So, yeah. So you know, they've got a, a thankfully a huge program that they've put together, and they they're, they're very determined. Um, you know and but that's what we need you know this is uh this is a big issue and we need people that are super committed
1: and um, you to know figuring it out yeah.
0: off, you know we watch that space and we hope this it's successful
1: yeah because um, this is just you know like I said we said four tons right uh, one outing 25 people and you've got miles and miles of plastic islands sitting in the ocean there and that's not even the stuff that's at the bottom of the ocean so right <laughs> that's right I, I don't even want to begin to
0: quote potential numbers of what what it is, what percentage of plastic that's stubbed in the ocean actually floats and makes it to our shoreline and, and what gets it and sinks and then just sort of migrates across the sea floor with deep sea currents, you know. Yes. I, I, I have heard and can confirm that plastic was found in the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest trench in the world's ocean. So, you know, the fact that plastic's there... This is a major, major problem. Um, one of the other cleanups that I did recently, um, perhaps about three months ago, was quite a special one to be involved in. Um, Greenpeace, uh, they had their large ship that had gone through the North Pacific Gyre, which is about 1,200 miles off northeast of Hawaii. And um, they were doing a program with, I believe it was sponsored by Scripps and uh, NASA. And Smithsonian Institute, um, they basically deployed 15 GPS trackers on 15 different net balls or, or ghost nets, as, they, as they're called, um, out there, you know, 1200 miles offshore, and then they tracked them. And they, they just wanted to see, okay, so we've got converging currents all coming to this one place. It's a natural occurrence. It's called a gyre. This is where the currents converge. Normally it would just be a, a whirlpool of, of mixed currents, but it's getting you know it's getting jam packed with all this plastic that, that migrates there. Once it comes here, what does it? Where does it go? You know, does it stay here and rot here and take 20, 30, 40, 50 hours along to break down, or does it move around the Pacific and does and do that? And this one um, ghost net took seven months and it tracked its way, it nearly touched land off the big island and then it swung in a huge big circle out to sea and travelled north again and then the trade winds picked it up and kept blowing it down the coast towards Maui and eventually I picked it up seven months later and uh, it was a ton and a half this net and um, and you know we got it before it hit the shoreline um, and it would have ruined reef and we, we luckily found the net without turtles or any other you know, large mammal or marine life, you know, entangled in it, but um, that often does happen, and um, and it is interesting that the currents will take these big—I call them also ocean dreadlocks—because it's just a mixture of ropes and nets yeah. and all sorts of different. I've seen stuff.
1: pictures, yeah. And
0: um, and it will take it there, but when the winds get strong enough to overpower the currents, it will rip a net away from the gyre and push it out, and then just carry it you know, obviously thousands of miles. Yeah. So uh, Hawaii is, is uh, you know, in the direct firing line of, of the North Pacific gyre, which is the largest garbage patch in the world. It's a major problem for Hawaii. You know, the entire Pacific Rim uh, is, uh, is contributing to pollution. It all migrates north yes. of Hawaii, and, uh, and some of it breaks away. And we're talking, there's beaches on Oahu at 10,000 pounds come off the beach every month wow
1: and you know through multiple efforts you know this is a problem for everyone because Hawaii is just a microcosm of the planet this is just uh, giving us an inkling of what we're dealing with globally right
0: think how think how small the Hawaii is in the center of the largest ocean in the world yeah you know we're just we're just literally pins in a haystack, needle in a haystack yeah just pebbles sitting
1: in the middle of the largest ocean in the world yeah Yeah.
0: and and so what goes past us Last year, alone, just off the shoreline of Kauai, um, I know Surfrider was a major part of it. I, th- I know there was other contributors, but Surfrider was a major contributor at taking 60,000 pounds of, of fishing net and debris off the shoreline of Kauai. Right.
1: And, and if you look at this, and I'm, I don't know, I mean, uh, your history, uh, are you, do you surf? Do you fish? What is? What are some of your passions?
0: Yeah, my, my history is. as a kid, I grew up yachting. Yeah. it led me to windsurfing right. it led me to Hawaii right. um, and then I've been here for you know, all the sports that have spawned on Maui and, and yeah. um, you know, the big hook for me really was tow surfing and I started surfing Piahi back in 96 and right. I was lucky enough to surf Piahi for 16, 17 years
1: so yachting, and, surfing uh, you know, wind surfing, you know what I'm, what I'm, the the line I'm trying to draw here is, the, uh, the people that are doing most of this, uh, the good work, are not your scientists, your professors, your politicians. They're actually the people connected to nature. You yeah. know, right? So well,
0: they're close to it, and they, and they, you know, it. The plastic wasn't on the beach when I was a kid. Right. And and it is now. Right. And um, you know, I was actually really. Moved by working for range industries to do something for the environment, great. But I was I met Hayden Smith of, New Ze- of Sea Cleaners New Zealand. Now he started Sea Cleaners 17 years ago. Right. He was inspired by Captain Charles Moore, who's the scientist that discovered the North Pacific Garbage Patch, and and uh, and returned and to it every year for 17 years, and he created a format for trolling across the garbage patch and determining how wide it was. And, with the density of plastics and all that stuff and, and uh, so I met Hayden on the an airplane and he inspired me now he inspired me but it took seven years for me to finally get off you know my akole and go do something about it right. <laughs> because at first I was kind of daunted by the fact okay you know you start you get into this you know this start working in the space it's going to be a never ending job Right. and um And I was waiting, I guess, for something that could really, I could really sink my teeth into and feel like I could expand on the impact that I wanted to have individually.
1: Ocean Aid just
0: seemed to be the perfect fit for me. um,
1: Thank you for your dedication. I I mean, it's, you know, the dawn of a new day is hopefully imminent with people like you. Uh, coming to the rescue and and other people connected our anglers or surfers or yachters or you know <laughs> windsurfer all well, that, you know that's true but, but here's the thing you know that we're speaking to surfers
0: and 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 fishermen and all that, they're they're all starting to get it and and it's not hard to to get everyone in the green and so we're having an event like oceanade yeah you know do we invite all those people now we're just preaching
1: to, to the, the choir. choir. Yes, yes. Good and, point. And what
0: we're trying to do is build the congregation. and We're trying to connect with people that really, you know, they haven't had this issue in front of them, and at least not explained in a way that they really get it. Right. You know, I think there's, there's 90 nations in the world that have uh, a coastline, you know, an ocean coastline. There's 183 something countries, right? Mm-hmm. So the rest are inland, and all things lead to the sea. And and a lot of these big. Uh, tributaries, with the huge rivers. I think there's seven in the world that are, that are polluting in a major way. Um, two in Africa and five in Asia and, and, and the Americas. Um, you know, they're coming. A lot of this trash is coming from way inland. Yes. Um, so, you know, this is a this is a problem um, coming from nations that that just don't understand where the trash they put on their riverbanks goes.
1: So how do we how do we get these people in touch with Love the Sea because we have about a minute left, you know, and and we and there's just so much more we can speak about. But how do we get people engaged with Love the Sea and your next event coming up?
0: Well, you can you can go to dot Org. Org. You can check out Love the Sea on Instagram at Love the Sea Plastic Free, uh, and on any one of those platforms, you can message us and. Um, yeah, that's really that's really it. And you know, I think the Instagram is the place that we post the most. Okay, uh, and we do a lot uh, share of sharing about our coalition partners: Surf Rider, Sustainable Coastline, for what you fund. Right. Sea uh, cleaners.
1: And, and we've uh, had Hannah. Yeah. Hannah, thank God for Hannah Bernard who connected us uh, from uh, the Hawaii Wildlife Fund. And yep. so Hannah's
0: what, been an incredible supporter, yeah. and and has constantly inspired me to just stay in the space and keep okay. doing the work. And and yeah, she's
1: she's been awesome. Alright, well we can all be a part of healing the sea, loving the sea and in turn loving one another and loving our generations to come and healing our generations to come by our efforts so thank you for all you're doing thank you for your time this morning mm-hmm. wish we had more time, we'll have to do this again and this has been another Maximum Health Quality Living, let's keep it going people Yes high seas, seas i